from the rugged desert outside Yuma, Arizona, this is Outpost Outspoken. Outpost Outspoken is the official podcast of U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground, which conducts natural environment testing of military equipment in Arizona, Alaska, and the tropics. Hello, I'm Mark Schauer. It is vital that all military equipment work wherever American soldiers need it. U.S. troops have had to contend with frigid field conditions numerous times in history, and nowhere else in the world can provide extreme cold weather testing like the U.S. Army's Cold Regions Test Center at Fort Greeley, Alaska. Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Brown has commanded the post since May 2022. Had you heard of Cold Regions Test Center before you became commander? No, absolutely not. And and it's almost embarrassing because I was uh, had an assignment at the Operational Test Command uh, back in 2011 to 2013. So no, I have not. I did not hear of CRTC prior to taking command. But you learned very quickly how vital your post mission is to the national defense. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's one big family, one big test family, uh, and, and you quickly realize, like you said, how important CRTC's mission is, as well as ATAC's overall. Cold Regions Test Center is the Army's sole cold weather test facility. You've got a lot of capabilities up there. Can you talk about some of the stuff you've got? No, absolutely. And, and, and first and foremost, we, we take great pride in being the Army's only Arctic natural environment test uh, facility. Um, some of the things that or capabilities that we do have, of course, very similar here at uh, YPG, instrumentation, fabrication, um, uh, IMO, um, targeting, telemetry. Uh, some of those, you know, for um, depending on how large the test is, we do draw upon some of the skill set and capacity here at YPG. Um, but our our capacity and skills are similar to YPG, but but. What we like to tell folks is we specialize in cold. Um, we, well, I say we, but really my team, they know cold. And it's not uncommon in the wintertime to see temperatures 50 degrees below zero. Right, right. I personally, this being my first winter at CRTC in Alaska, I personally experienced, stood out in 52.7 below zero. Now, CRTC also has the Army's only cold weather test track the first test track, too, of, of its kind, and it's open to private industry customers as well as DA, DOD customers. That is correct. Um, but uh, U.S. government tests do have priority, um, and when that, we don't necessarily have to uh, implement or execute or exercise that priority. Uh, we do open it up and support private industry or commercial automotive testing. Um, and, and we Multiple customers, year after year, repeat customers come to uh, take advantage of our test facility. I mean, virtually every major automaker you can name has been there at some point or other, I think. At some point or other, yes. And, and we've seen uh, an increase in EV customers who've uh, come out. Previous examples, of course, Tesla is, is one of our repeat customers, but Stellantis, um, as well as Rivian. Uh, we're out this past uh, winter test season. So it, it's, an, it's always an exciting time uh, across CRTC during our, the, the peak of our winter test season. Uh, but when you see uh, multiple vehicles, you know, going around the track using the various obstacle courses, uh, hitting the snow field at X, you know, miles per hour, it, it, it only increases the excitement. You talked about the peak winter testing. 
It's not as though CRTC is a seasonal facility, though. You have just as much things to do in the summertime as when it's 50 below. We do. Predominantly, we focus on reset. But uh, as an example, this winter, as a matter of fact, in about a month or so, uh, we have a demo test uh, toward the mid to end of July and then a uh, radio or waveforms test uh, coming up in August. So our mission does include year-round testing. Uh, and that's one of the messages that we are trying to communicate or that we do communicate across the Army and, and some of our uh, test customers. And resetting and refitting from those brutal winters is not an easy undertaking either. No, it isn't. Uh, as you can imagine, uh, the, the, those extreme temperatures, it, it, they do damage to a lot of the services, a lot of the, the, the buildings, our infrastructure. So, yeah, one of the biggest uh, undertakings is right, ongoing right now. Uh, we have a great team out repairing our uh, test track, as a matter of fact, the actual surface, you know, filling cracks um, with, with both new and old um, uh, replacement seals. So, yeah, a lot of reset happens during the, during the summertime. An environmental cold chamber couldn't hope to match the conditions that they get in the natural environment at Cold Regions Test Center, could it? No, no, absolutely not. Environmental chambers are good for cold soaking. Um, but to get the true effect and the impact of the natural environment, there's only one way to do it, is to take whatever you're cold soaking uh, and, and move it out into the natural environment. I think back in history to things like the experience Marines and soldiers endured at the Chosen Reservoir, for instance, during Korea, and had dedicated cold weather testing, developmental testing existed at that point in history. A lot of the very extreme hardships that those men faced wouldn't have happened. They may have happened, but there may have been, through testing, developmental testing, uh, tactics, techniques, and procedures, or TTPs, if you will, to help mitigate and reduce the risk of uh, serious injury or degradation to some of the equipment that was uh, used during that time period. Are you expecting a busy season this winter? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, our, our test schedule, our winter test schedule, uh, is still shaping up. Not a lot of things have been caught up codified or formalized, but uh, it's, it's usually the trend. We'll start to get to, you know, mid-August to September, and we'll, we'll, we will have solidified the majority of our winter test schedule. But we do expect a, uh, a busy winter test season. Lieutenant Colonel Brown, thanks so much for being here today. I appreciate the opportunity. Always good to talk to uh, the ATEC family. Because of its position at the forefront of Army transformation efforts, Yuma Proving Ground has hosted more high-level dignitaries in the past five years than at any other time in its history. Protocol Officer Jim Stickney, a career Marine Corps veteran, has been at the forefront of making each of these visits a success. Had you heard of Yuma Proving Ground before you started working here? So I got stationed here in the U.S. Marines in the mid-90s. And I had, I had heard of Yuma Proving Ground, but just that it was a, a small army base. That's all I really know. I didn't really know what a proving ground was. And I came out here a few times to what's now the Howard Cantonment area. I came out a few times to get some uniform items. At that time, uh, the army had some, some nicer boots than what the Marines had. So I came out here, got some boots, and then just a few other odds and ends that, that did transition across. And at the tail end of your Marine Corps career, you were doing extensive protocol work as a collateral duty. I, I was. So being a 
a, a adjutant in the Marines, uh, an operations NCO. We were often on the front line as far as visitors coming into the command. The unit that, that I was with uh, had the Rolls-Royce mechanics for the Harriers at the time. And a lot of times our senior visitors would come in and want to tour the, tour the engine plant. And, and so I assisted in that on several occasions. There was times where even as a young NCO years prior that I, would, I met a, a one-star general in Rockhampton, Australia, and he came to meet with my colonel. And so I was responsible for getting him to point A to B to you know, ultimately ending up at, at Z. Uh, and trying to meet his goals and expectations while he was there. So, so I, did, I did have some experience. I guess I didn't really, I just looked at it as a mission, to, a mission to do and to get the mission done, but I didn't look at the big picture protocol-wise as I do here at YPG. Is your experiences doing protocol at YPG significantly different from when you were in the Marine Corps? The basic handling of military officers, senior executive service members, pretty much, in my opinion, remains the same across services. I have done much more here than I, than I have in the Marines. In the Marines, it was mostly focused on uh, active duty. And here, uh, the civilians, working with civilians was new to me when I came here. And then now that I work a lot with the senior executive service civilians, that was kind of new for me. Learning how they fit into the scheme of everything is something that I see more here in the Army. So I wasn't quite familiar with that. But as far as on the active duty side, the officers, and how to, to work with them, what level of customs and courtesies they deserved when they came, I pretty much had that knowledge when I came into the job. You've been here 15 years, and YPG's had a lot of visitors throughout that entire time. But in particular, the last five or so has really been just an astronomical number of very senior leaders coming here, and you've been at the forefront of that. And I have. You know, I'm usually the first phone call that the aides or the executive assistants make, uh, my, either myself or they contact our test officers letting them know that they're coming to YPG. And then in turn, that what I don't get funneled to me, the test officers will, will funnel to me and let me know what's coming in. My goal here as a YPG protocol officer is to handle all distinguished visitor functions that come here to YPG. I want that test officer to be able to be focused on what's going on at the test and the technical side of, of everything there with the particular equipment that they may be testing or whatever. So I want to take that logistical administrative burden off the hands of the test officers. I want to be able to uh, kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of wrap my arms around the visitor, uh, take care of all their needs while they have here at YPG, get them out to the test site, get them to interface, get them to see the program. In an event like Project Convergence 2021, where there's 130 senior visitors, Secretary of the Army, Chief of Staff of the Army, Vice Chief, Senators. What all are the moving parts in a visit like that from your end? Well, I think the, the, the challenging portion is the logistics portion. You know, some of them will come in via vehicle, some of them will come in uh, via aircraft into our airfield. 
and it's just orchestrating, uh, kind of being like a maestro, kind of orchestrating everything, you know, know which horn section or which section the fiddles are playing and, and when they need to play to make, uh, make the harmonies come in correctly. But logistics is, is the tough part, getting them, getting them fed, getting them in the hotels. And uh, you know, that's, that's challenging but rewarding work to have all of that come together. Your work was so highly regarded with Project Convergence 21 that you were named the Army Test and Evaluation Command's Civilian of the Year. Yeah, that, that is correct, Mark. I, I, was, I was named that. Uh, what kind of, uh, kind of took me by surprise in a sense. I mean, I was just doing what I love to do, uh, you know, being a retired Marine, being able to stay connected to the military services and military members is really reward enough for me. Uh, but uh, also that came, you know, up through my upbringing and through the Marines came this uh, mission accomplishment, uh, the su successful mission accomplishment uh, really kind of, kind of keeps me going, motivates me. So, you know, we had kind of a saying in the Marines, kind of give your 110%, I guess that could be said. I carried that over here with me. So that 110% often pays off with accolades and awards and things like that. But those, I appreciate them, uh, glad to have them, but they, uh, they come secondary to, to taking care of the people that come here to YPG to, to get them to see what they need to see. Jim Stickney, it was really good talking with you today. Yeah, it was great, Mark. Thank you for having me here today. This has been Outpost Outspoken. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time from the Army's busiest test center.